0: splatoon is a game all about ink and ink my friend is a slippery thing tonight on the commune podcast Hello and welcome to the Commune Podcast. This time we will be discussing the multiplayer in Splatoon, all four modes. But before we get into that, I wanted to ask, Shouty, how have you been doing? Uh, I've been
1: doing well, thank you. <laughs> you
0: sound very confident.
1: <laughs> um, wait, you.
0: what, how have you been doing? Alright, I
1: guess.
0: <laughs> Alright. Wario fan, how have you been doing? Pretty great. Oh, see, that's good. <laughs> No, it's not. Oh, I'm sad. And a new battler has arrived this time. Uh, please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Oak, and I'm a, well, I'm a big
2: Nintendo fan and video game fan in general. So you'll fit in right here. Well, among other things. Oh, yeah.
0: And uh, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Nice. So, Oak, what have you been playing lately?
2: I'm actually currently playing all the Batman Arkham games. I all just, of them? I'm currently playing Batman Arkham Origins for the first time after doing a replay of Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. So, nice. obviously, Arkham Knight will be afterwards. So,
0: I heard some slightly poopy things about Origins. Are they are they true?
2: Uh, it's kind of weird because I, I heard a lot of that beforehand, but so far um, I was surprised to find that in many ways I actually find that Origins is an improvement on Arkham City. And I, there, I mean, there are definitely some complaints and there are some things that are kind of disappointing, but for the most part, it's a, I would say, especially by its own, Origins is a decent game. Huh.
0: So what's an improvement?
2: It streamlines everything very well. The graphics are improved. I find the boss... A lot of the boss fights are fun. I wouldn't say enough. There hasn't been anything to the same tier of like the Mr. Freeze battle yet. But it's uh, also, I like the story there. The story isn't as convoluted. And it's pretty much like the same kind of game as City, but they add enough to it to make it satisfied. So to me, it's a satisfactory sequel.
0: Okay. Actually, you mentioned bosses. Those are kind of a sticking point for the Arkham series, right?
2: Yeah, for the most part the boss fights are kinda of like the weak weak point of the series, except for like Arkham City had the Mr. Freeze fight as I mentioned, which is one of the best boss fights of all time. And I find like I found that uh so far Origins kind of integrates the boss files more in into actual fight. A few of the boss fights are actually Predator challenges, which are interesting. But I find that um like I said, some of them been have been uh Kind of good. I'm but apparently the fight I'm told is the best in the game. I haven't gotten to yet, so God. I'm looking forward to that.
0: Nice, glad to hear. And uh, why are you a fan? What have you been playing lately? I just finished up uh, clearing NES Remix Two last night. Oh, is that what we were playing at uh, Fox's place? That was NES Remix One. Oh, <laughs> so is that to say you already beat one?
3: Yeah, it, since since that event, I, I had. Cleared one to the point where I got all stamps. I, I don't know if I got all stars, but the point is I unlocked every stamp, which is in that game's cases is, is the best you can do. Sure. In Amicus Remix Two, they reward you not only for getting all the stars but for getting all rainbow stars, which means you got to be, you know, on on top of it for
0: every single level. What do you mean you got to be on top? Like, like you got to be fast. Oh, oh! You have to beat some par time.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Is it different from NES Remix One in any meaningful way, or is it just uh, like an expansion pack? I'd say it's different in the sense that the remix levels are more remixy. <laughs> because... uh, okay. I remember that being everyone's complaint that the first one wasn't.
3: Yeah, because the first one, the way they showed it off, the first time was using Link and Donkey Kong and that's about as remixy as it got really yeah the the rest was just you know funny goofy stuff but in in any remix 2 they they took it up to the next level and we get like mario 2 peach in mario 3 and several like kirby and zelda 2 link and toad in lost levels trying to grab coins and there is even playing dr mario against wario's wood's characters <laughs>
0: Okay, that sounds pretty interesting.
3: I know, and what my favorite one was. Well, I don't know if it's my favorite, but another cool one was they remade level one one of Mario, one, in uh, Mario three graphics. So it's like a, a Mario Maker preview. Ah, <laughs>
0: uh, yeah.
3: Oh man, when is that out? September thirteenth.
0: Okay, got to put that oh, on wait, the calendar. September
3: eleventh actually.
0: Whatever, you know, same day. Yeah. Wait, what? What have you been playing? The new episode of Life is Strange happened, and that's been on my mind a lot. The new episode of Life is Strange? Yeah, it's a adventure game, like Telltale-style stuff, but okay. not
1: Telltale.
0: <laughs> when you say it's like Telltale, is that to say that, uh, is it more Sam and Max Telltale or Walking Dead Telltale? More Walking Dead. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> so, the story's engaging?
4: Yeah, no, yeah, it's been interesting. And it's episode four out of five, and of course they ended on a really big cliffhanger. So, kind of stressed waiting for the next
0: episode. Gotta keep you coming back next week. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Gee, I don't even know anything about this. What genre is the story?
4: It's a urban fan, not really urban fantasy. It's a mystery thing with a little bit of supernatural stuff in there. Okay. Uh, plot starts out main character, Max, is has moved back to her hometown after like five years to go to this fancy photography school, and uh, within the first day, the first episode, each episode's a day, she meets up with her old best friend, who she hadn't talked to in five years, finds out she has the power to reverse time, and has uh, saves her best friend from getting shot and killed with those powers. and has a crazy vision of a massive tornado destroying the town up in times up in like Washington too, so you know, tornado. Okay. That
0: sounds like compelling stuff.
4: hmm And there's also the other half of the plot is an old friend of her best friend's been missing for months now and there's been missing posters over up everywhere. Missing posters, missing person posters. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> where are the posters?
4: And, uh, They're missing.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
4: That and the tornado are really the main focus. Really, the missing girl is more the main
0: focus, with the tornado kind of being in the background. Okay. If there's a tornado, maybe she got lost in Oz. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sounds pretty cool. And mm-hmm. Shouty, what have you been playing? Mega Man into Warrior. That. Oh no. I have such awful memories of that game. What do you think of it? I like it. Okay. Um, I mean, it,
1: your whole memory out from the fact that the overworld map in the internet is pretty much garbage in terms of navigation.
0: Um, no, it was more, like, in classic Mega Man games, I remember the enemies taking a few shots to kill, whereas in ba- in NT Warrior, uh, you're much more reliant on your battle chips, right? If you don't have a battle yeah. chip out, enemies are going to take forever to kill. What, wait, yeah. wait, wait. NT Warrior? Isn't that the anime? Yeah. Well, it's the anime and the GameCube game, right?
1: No, oh no, that's that's network transmission. I, I was making a joke. I was talking about the very first battle network game.
0: Oh, for Pete's sake! <laughs> 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 okay. Jeez, uh, <clears throat> can we strike that from the record? Um, I, I I can. <laughs> okay, so uh, did you get that on Wii U Virtual Console? No, it's not on. is there on Wii U Virtual Console?
1: But only three and four
0: were. Okay, well... I, <laughs> anyway. I've been playing
1: the first one on Game Boy Advance cartridge. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, yes, light. You.
0: How are those boss fights?
1: They're cool. Okay. You know, like if you took um, the pattern-based aspect of uh, Mega Man Classic Combat with Robot Masters and broke them down. It's like that for uh, Battle Network.
0: How do you net need- battles? You mean broke them down because they're mapped on a grid?
1: Yeah. Especially against Protoman.exe who is basically just a wait and react battle. It's really fun.
0: Okay. So it's able to put, like, that kind of real-time pattern recognition into the context of an RPG. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Like a tactical RPG. Real-time tactical.
0: Sure. I'm not... Yeah. It's about as tactical as Live Alive. Yeah. Alright. Glad to hear. In multiplayer games, the winning player often takes some ability away from the losing player. For instance, imagine you play someone in checkers and take one of their pieces. At that point, the two of you are in different levels. The other player has slightly fewer choices than you because they're missing one piece. If you had started the game that way, the other player would have cried foul. This process has widely been dubbed the Slippery Slope because it feeds into a loop. A losing player loses some ability and then has fewer options open to them. And with fewer options, they're more likely to continue losing. They fall farther and farther down the slope. Bowling, on the other hand, features no Slippery Slope. No matter how well or how poorly I bowl, I have no impact on how well my friend will bowl, unless I bowl into my friend. Slippery slopes can be more subtle than simply losing a piece, but whenever one player scoring makes it harder for the other player to score, you've found a slippery slope. Today, we'll review the flow of multiplayer matches in Splatoon. Once you start losing, how hard is it to come back? Do these multiplayer modes feature slippery slopes? What systems are in place that either enforce, or break down, slippery slopes? Up first, we've got Turf Wars. wanted to get into the multiplayer of Splatoon, and before we start, I wanted to ask, Shouty, what level are you? 20. And what rank? Minus B. Oh, nice. That, I just got to B minus. Wait Thot, what level are you? Level 20. Nice, and what uh, rank? I believe B plus, like 50. Okay, nice. Wario fan, what level are you? I just made it to uh, level thirteen about an <laughs> hour ago. Nice.
3: And what rank? Still negative C. Okay.
2: And Oak, what level are you? I'm level. Um, I'm either level eighteen or nineteen. I haven't played in a few days, but I recently got to eighteen or nineteen during the last Splatfest. Okay. And I'm a C minus because I haven't played that much rank. I mostly play Turf War.
0: Yeah. Myself, I am level. I'm like Oak. I can't remember if I'm level 16 or level 17, uh, and I am rank B minus. All right, just for uh, full disclosure, so that we know where everyone's coming from. So, warrior fan, what is the goal of turf war? To win. Uh, yes. <laughs> How do you win? Very descriptive.
3: <laughs> um, to uh, to make sure that that you uh, you have the most ink of your team's color covering the map compared to your enemy.
0: Okay. And Oak, how reliably can you win Turf War, have you found? How reliably? Well, like I said, a lot
2: of it depends on your teammates, Uh, but I I find that if you have a good strategy yourself, sometimes it is possible to carry a team entirely, so if, if you're really good enough, you can sometimes reliably win every time. But it also depends on, like I said, a lot of it depends on the kind
0: of people you're playing against. Sure. So you would say you you can. Uh, you might not win every match, but you definitely do a lot for your team.
2: I find a big difference, like I said, is like, like I find I'm I can reliably win almost every match in Turf Four outside of Splatfest by using the roller. But then when Splatfest happens, it's a completely different story because then all the people who normally play ranked are now playing. So
0: uh why is that? I've, no, I've actually never gotten into a Splatfest.
2: The reason is because in Splatfest, you can't play ranked. In Splatfest, you can only play Turf War. Oh, that's
0: kind of a drag. You so can only play the
1: Splatfest mode. Yeah, Turf so War. All,
2: yeah, so because of that, all the people who would normally play in ranked matches are now playing Turf War matches. So as opposed to a normal play in Turf War, Turf War is pretty much the only casual mode. So, in Turf War, you're more likely to be playing against people who aren't as. who are playing casually, whereas anyone who's playing seriously is playing in ranked.
0: Okay. Do we all feel like we can pretty reliably find a way to win Turf War?
2: For the most
3: part, as long as I'm familiar with my weapon. Okay. Well, I'm usually the reason teams have to carry their players. Oh, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> I spent. So, I, I mentioned this like two podcasts ago, but I spent too much time. Focusing on neutral areas and opponent areas that I don't really focus on the opponents themselves.
0: So, well, hey, someone's got to ink, right? Yeah, I mean, well,
2: exactly. inking actually is what the focus. Is that it's really, and really you should only focus on actually killing other opponents if you're like that's your full role and, that, and that's for more like chargers and such.
0: Killing people is also good just to get experience points, but that doesn't get you any like it prevents them from inking, but it's not an end in and of itself. Shouty, can you tell who's winning before the scores are tallied?
1: Yes. Um, there's a little squid bar up on top, and whichever one is bigger before the match ends is the winning team.
0: Oh, man. How have I not noticed that? I've never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you, you might have noticed it when um, either team is in danger, like when they're really losing, and on that squid bar, the team squid that's losing is really... The squids on that squid bar are really small the losing oh. team, and, and you see danger um, written up to the team woods.
0: Okay. So, waythwat, could you tell me uh, in the middle of a match, if your team is winning, what benefits do you have that the losing team doesn't?
4: Well, obviously you've got more area to work with compared to the other team, since that's the point of the game. Any side areas they can take to get to the central area, if you're pushed up far enough, you're basically blocking their way there, as long as you keep an eye on it, they can't push forward around you.
0: I guess just to get a little more low level, why can't they push forward? Like, what is your means of holding them back? Uh,
3: you're
0: there, you know? So just your raw Normally presence be and being able, able to... they'd be to push
4: through, swing around from the side. It's a have to try to get past my team. It's possible of course they will, and they'll keep going, but it's still an obstacle for them.
0: Yeah. I think part of it is also that Ink is such a resource in this game. Um, You might be able to slink past something if you have an ink alleyway. But when the opposing team has their ink all over your base, it's harder to travel through it. Yeah. Chatty, would you be able to name any other uh, benefits that the winning team has over the losing team?
1: They're better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh really. If, If they're winning, then that is an indication that they are benefited by having better players.
2: The only problem with that is in turf war is one of the modes, especially where the winning and losing side switches all the time.
1: I yeah, mean, that just re- depends who's on whose team.
2: Yeah. Well, no, even then, I mean, I've seen I've seen a lot of very close matches, in, and I've seen I've seen matches in Splatoon where a team has been relatively winning for almost the whole of the game, but then at the very last, in the last like thirty seconds, people have, people all use a whole bunch of ink strikes at the last minute, and they. <laughs> Managed to kill, and they kill a whole team, and they just managed to catch up and win within the last minute or so.
1: Well, the winning, the initially winning team probably got too cocky then.
0: I think out of all of the modes, Turf War probably has the most has the most ability for turnover, or the most potential for turnover. I've seen it flip back and forth quite a few times.
2: I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. The most potential would be the tower control, but that would, we would get to that at that point. Yeah, I gotta agree there. It's one good push, and over time, you win.
0: Okay. So, Oak, oh, you mentioned that Ink Strikes are a big way for a losing team to come back. Are there any other ways you might name? Coming
2: back, well, like I said, Ink Strikes, really specials in general help a lot with that. Like I said, Ink Strikes... Are- are especially useful. Another uh, useful strategy is if you've managed to get into the enemy side in a, a kind of underuse strategy using the squid beacons. That helps people uh, tell squid jump immediately to the other side and start inking from behind and kind of do a pincer attack. I find that, that a lot of teams end up doing that, it, and a team, especially when the enemy team is winning so hard that they're kind of pushing you back into a corner into your own base, they manage to come back from behind by literally coming in from uh, an attack <laughs> from behind.
0: Yeah, I can't tell if that's just um, the players I encounter, because I'm still at a pretty low level in the game, but across all of the modes, people still have a, uh, a pretty hard time fighting against flanking and don't see it coming. Falling in behind someone is a really easy way to get them in Splatoon.
2: Also a big thing that people don't realize is squid jumping is that people can see you when you're squid jumping is that and they and they like if you can see the little mark when it's about the squid jump and you can just start firing at that and kill them as soon as they arrive. Yep,
0: yep, That's, yep. Yeah. I love doing that.
2: That's why that stealth jump ability is, is, is the most useful abilities in the game. Don't get too cocky,
4: of course, cuz they can they can see you shooting at them in the air, so if they aim right they can take you out at the same time it's fun to
0: do. At that point, it might depend on like who has greater attack and defense, I guess? Of course. Wario fan, if you're on the losing team of a Turf War match, what do you do? Just like in general, or like with one minute left, or what? Let's say you have half the match left, and it looks like the other team has 75% of the map. Are there any strategies you can turn to? No, I just... Well, what I, I try to do, I try to find a large amount of enemy ink
3: that's unguarded, and I go for that, and uh, I leave it to
0: my teammates to duke it out with the other guys. Yeah. You uh, cover the areas nobody's paying attention to, kind of steal land away from them without them noticing. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like in Turf War there's no explicit system in the game for a team to come back, but certainly the rules of ink are such that they allow for comebacks, because a winning team can in no way guard all of their ink.
2: There are also certain abilities that help with comebacks as well. Like, I know there's at least one ability that makes it where all your stats go up. All of your abilities go up when whenever you have uh, less members in the other team. Like, when, whenever one of your members is KO'd. And there's also abilities like the uh, there's the ability that increases everything, ink and ink and everything, uh, in the last, like, 30 seconds of the match. And that oh, so.
0: So those are like clothing options. Yeah, these are all. Well, yeah, all the
2: abilities abilities are tied to. Uh, yeah, they're tied to clothing.
0: Okay. Yeah, I did just the other day get one that made my special charge faster when my team has fewer players. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I uh, I kind of I kind of like my little uh, Inkzuka. So Shouty, is there a point at which you can tell there's no way you'll win a turf war?
1: If the time is ticking down and you're you're clearly not going to... I guess using the squid bar also helps. Um,
2: we can get the map at the bottom as well. Helps. Yeah,
1: but the squid bar is just a much more clear indicator. Because if the squids on the squid bar are both the same size, then it's going to be a close match, and you're going to have to let Judd tell you. But most of the time, if the time is ticking down, and you see the squid bars, one is obviously larger than the other. You can tell who's going to win.
0: So you wouldn't... You would say it's... Anyone's match up until that 10-second timer. Mm-hmm. So, do you think the matches are still a good length then?
1: Yeah, I do. I still think they allow for comebacks at times.
0: So it's just enough time to get a good pace of the match going. Um, yeah. And I don't whoever
1: know. can keep that pace is the is the true winner.
0: Right. It's okay. So it's uh, the match is a length enough that a winning team would have to sustain a pace. You can't just have a good first push.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and the losing team can still mount a comeback. Yeah. Okay. Wraithbot, would you agree that the match is pretty much up for grabs until that 10-second timer?
4: Mm, if the match has been even throughout, I'd say so, but if you've get, gotten pushed back most of the match, I'd say just a guesstimate. About 30 seconds left, and the other team has two-thirds of the map at least, it's very unlikely you're going to be able to come back from that.
0: Okay. Oh, but it's still like a, a gooey kind of thing where you don't, like, slap your forehead and say, ah, I'm screwed. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you might say, uh, oh, maybe I'm screwed.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. In Turf Wars, competition remains somewhat even because you're primarily fighting over ink on the ground. If you're losing... It's harder for you to get around because you'll have to fight against enemy ink, but within moments you can ink sizable portions of the ground before you. Because the ground itself can switch its ink color in seconds, Turf War matches are anyone's game, assuming all players are on equal skill level. Splat Zones, however, is a different story. So wait Black. could you tell me what is the goal of Splat Zones? Uh, with splat zones, you've got
4: one or two splat
0: zones in the
4: center or central areas of the map uh, where the goal is to cover that up. Um, as long as you've got most of it covered, you'll claim it, or if you've got both of them, because some of have maps have two. Both teams have a counter, it starts at 100. As long as you've got, you're in control of the zones, it'll start counting down. Once it hits zero, you win a horse.
0: Okay. Wario fan, how reliably are you able to win this mode? I was just playing a bit of Splat Zones
3: before the call, and surprisingly, I managed to be on the winning team every time.
0: Nice. I don't know if it was down to luck or what, but uh, it felt pretty good. So you're not sure if you had a winning strategy or not? No, I just sort of stayed back and
3: and painted my side, then sort of circled around to make sure that the uh, other
0: guys weren't gooping up my side. (laughs) You know. All right. Shouty, have you found that you can reliably win this mode?
1: No. No way. Why is that? I think it really does require pre-planning that um, it's Turf War you can just um do whatever you want and you're most likely going to win if you're good at what you're doing. But it's more specialized in splat zones because in most ranked battles you're encouraged to splat other team members instead of trying to build up ink.
0: Sure. Oh, so wait. You are less reliably able to win Splat Zones because it's more dependent on skill?
1: Yeah, more dependent on a specific skill.
0: I see. It's that Turf Zones have a more general appeal to a more general skill set, whereas Splat Zones are more uh, honed in what kind of skills you need. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oak, do you feel like you're able to reliably win Splat Zones? Uh,
2: not really. Like I said, none of, this, none of this one comes, especially because now this is ranked, so in this one, uh, in this mode, most of the players are actually people who are more serious about it, so I find I'm less likely to win in it, but also very, like I said, as, as um, Shadi said, it's very much more competitive than it's much more reliant on skill especially because it's more about it's not just going around and inking as much as possible like in In this case you actually have to take and defend the zones especially when there's two so you have to be more attentive I guess on the landscape be more attentive on changing the changing circumstances of the battle
0: right because teams are naturally going to be in the same one or two spaces you're going to have a lot more back and forth uh You're also going to have
2: a lot more player versus player and a lot more... You're going to have a lot more splattings.
0: Right. You can't do the Wario fan thing where you go check unattended territory.
2: Yeah, this is why Chargers chargers are more prevalent in this and especially in tower control uh, than in Turf War. Chargers aren't that useful in Turf War, but they're very useful in the two ranked modes.
0: Yeah. Waithwant, are you able to reliably win Splat Zones? It's a
1: crapshoot for me. I
0: can... I can have a game where I do great,
4: we get a total knockout without them ever having control, and then the next game I get splatted like ten times and we get maybe four points down.
0: Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, some nights I feel like uh, I have the same experience where whether or not my team wins feels utterly random. But some nights I I just really key in on something and uh, I'm able to hone what I do and pretty reliably win at splat zones. I think part of what it is is uh, it's so tempting just to rush directly towards the zone, but you have this whole inking system behind you, and so uh, I actually like the splatter shot, which is really good for covering territory, and it is also a decent offensive weapon. So what I find is most effective is if I I kind of avoid the splat zones and try to flank people using ink. And if I can, like, get myself not to think about the splat zones long enough to do that, then my team generally wins. So it's just having to be mindful of a higher level of play. And what, if if your team is winning in the middle of a match, what benefits do you have to, that the losing team doesn't?
4: Uh, with a lot of maps, it's really the same as winning in Turf War. You've got If you've got the zone covered, you don't need to focus on it, and you can push forward, cover up their lead-up to the zone, and make it harder for them to get through.
0: Right, so you... Once you have both zones, you don't have any reason to hang around there. You may as well go try and take their territory. Mm, With the
4: two zone, on Port Macro especially, it is always smart to keep someone guarding the zone on your side. With the single zones, pushing forward a lot easier to do.
2: Yeah. Yeah, especially because you don't really get that much from inking other people's territory in splat zones, other than it just makes for easier transport. But once you already have the zones created, yeah, you can send a few people out to just, you know, create more and also possibly do some spawn camping. Or there are some people who do that, the spawn camp and kill more people. But you also at least have one or one or possibly two people in each zone for defense, because if you don't have anyone defending it, then before you know it, it's immediately going to switch back to them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It is a little more than just uh, easier transport because if you ink your enemy's territory, they can't get through it until they re-ink it.
2: True. I mean, yeah, it's a stalling. It's a bit of a stalling tactic as well, but just destroying the enemy is a better is better for stalling. Is better for stalling. Just and like I said, that's why a lot of times a lot of ranked players that like you'll have in turf war as well. But when when ranked players are completely dominating, they'll just upright have at least one or two people right there and just spawn camping. Yeah, that's that's kind of fun. <laughs> Not very fun to the victims, but...
0: I've Yeah, I've been on that end. It's frustrating. So, Shouty, if you're on the losing team, what can you do to regain control? Uh-oh. Uh, Wario fan, if you're on the losing team, what can you do to <laughs> regain control? I'm going to have to agree with Shouty on this one. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> right, does, does, does anyone have any
3: uh, answers? Well, I was going to say that... um you know, it, it is sort of like a ping pong sort of, you know, back and forth battle of they're in control, you're in control. They lost control, so you just, uh, I just have that defensive m- maneuver of just What's up? going around and circling and, and getting the other guys and reclaiming the spaces.
2: Okay. Yeah, a good way to take back splat zones and uh, when they it is ink strikes. I found are very useful, in this game. It is a very good uh, special. That's why I use. Uh, I, I like to use that as a special, but because what it is is that if the opponent has an ink strike, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, if the opponent has the splat zones, you target an ink strike on that splat zone right in the center. It will cover mo- a lot of it with ink, and if there's any uh, enemies that are hiding in that, then a lot of there's a good chance that the ink strike may just may take them out in the process, leaving it open for your people to come in and retake territory.
0: Yeah, the. The ink strike is neat in turf war because it takes up a lot of a lot of territory all at once, but in splat zones, the territory that's interesting is much smaller. But the size of the ink strike doesn't change, so it's much easier to turn over a battle using an ink strike.
2: And like I said, in turf war, ink strikes are more useful for like last minute, uh, last minute <coughs> things. But yeah, in splat, but especially in splat in splat zones, ink strikes are even more effective to the point that a single well placed ink strike at the at the last minute could. Uh, like I said, a a single well pressed ink strike could turn the tide of the whole battle
0: yeah i actually I read online that you can prevent an ink strike is if you hit something might be if you, if you
2: atta- if you splat the player who's doing it before they do it because when you do an ink strike, you're just sitting there while right before it launches oh. when someone about to launch an ink strike, you need to splat them immediately before it launches huh. so you get, if you do that, you splat them, and they just wasted their special right. You can also cover up some of the area the ink strike is
4: covering as it's doing it. It's not... the big wall there will damage you, but it doesn't block any of your ink. So if an ink strike's coming, you just start firing on it,
3: you can go ahead
4: and cover some of that
3: early. Nice. But this might be a little off-rails, but I was wondering,
0: what causes the the little numbers under the bigger numbers? So that... I was waiting for people to bring that up. I actually did, the other day, read the rules of the Splat Zones battle. And in it, they describe the penalty system, whereby if one team has control of the splat zones, whether they're one or two of them, and the other team (coughs) takes control, so one, you lose control, two, they take control, the difference in time between you and the other team is added to your timer. Oh. So that, let's say, I'm on the red team, you're on the white team, the white team has... 13 seconds left and they have control of the splat zone the red team takes control and then 87 seconds would be added to your clock so that if you take it back you have to clear out those 87 seconds before you can tick down the actual score relevant timer
4: i don't think it's, it's the exact because were- i've seen it go like the other teams at 60 and we'll take control at 100 and they'll get Thirty-seven, thirty-eight added.
0: Oh. I don't know the exact math, but I'm pretty sure it's not exact difference. Okay, I guess I yeah. I'm not sure what it is then, but it's some number. Mm-hmm. It's close, close to, to the difference, difference.
2: Pretty much the uh, the purpose of that was the purpose of that time thing is essentially to balance it out. It's to keep it to keep the games from being an absolute blowout. It, and it's to make it so that the first team to get control of the platform doesn't automatically win. Right. That system makes comebacks a lot easier.
0: Yeah, unlike Turf Wars, there is an explicit system made for allowing a losing team to come back. But what makes it interesting is that, um, so the Street Fighter series has kind of an, a similar idea where you build up your opponent's super meter every time you attack them, but in Splat Zones, you don't get that timer until your losing team gets back the map. So you have to earn that ability <coughs> to come back. Shouty, is there any other way a losing team might come back? Oh, wait, I already asked you, sorry. Um, sorry.
1: You already asked me, and I said nothing.
0: Right. <laughs> so, I should ask. Shouty, is there a point at which you can tell that there's no way you'll win?
1: Well, like in uh, Turf War, if that timer is going down, and you can't make it to the area where you need to fill the ink with, then you're not going to win.
0: All right, so if it takes you, like, ten seconds to get to the splat zone, and there's ten seconds left in the match, well, that's it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's important that the Splat Zones make space very relevant in that you actually have to travel that distance to get somewhere where you can do something relevant to the scoring of the game. Yeah. Whereas in Turf War, all of the turf everywhere is relevant. Yeah. Okay. Did anyone else have any lingering thoughts on Splat Zones? Another thing we talked about, though, is the overtime mechanic. Oh, that's we, right. How does overtime work?
4: If the losing team is in control when time runs out, it'll keep going in overtime, which, if they get their number below theirs, but the other two, the winning teams, by just one, they'll win. That's another thing, too, is that you don't have to win just by getting your number to zero, and that if time runs out, the lower number wins. Yeah. Which at least gets the losing team some points. But uh, back to overtime, as soon as you lose control, it's, the match ends immediately.
0: Yeah. Overtime is so awful. I hate that. I mean, it's a good system. I like it. It's fair. But also, I really hate it when the other team has control and I'm winning. <laughs> Honestly,
2: I really appreciate, like I said, between Overtime and that minus system, like it's clear that they really tried to make it for ranked battles. They make it that the losing team has a perfectly good chance to do comeback.
0: Yeah. The thing about Splatoon and the ink system is that it's very easy to take possession of the map and take so many advantages away from the losing team. So I feel like they were extra mindful to make it so that it's not too slippery of a slope that the losing team has a chance. But I also never feel cheated. If the other team took control, they had to display some uh, skill to do so. Because time itself is a resource in Splat Zones, matches become subject to slippery slopes. If the other team is beating you by 50 seconds, and there are only 30 seconds left on the clock, it would be impossible for you to win. In this case, the team takes a resource, time, which cannot be regained. That's why the mode features overtime. If your team is losing, but you have possession of the zones when the match clock runs out, you have a fair shot to earn those leftover seconds and win the match. But in Tower Control, things are even fiercer. Oak, could you tell me what the goal of this
2: mode is? Tower Control, it starts with you literally have a tower in the center of the game. It's kind of like a tug-of-war in a way, where once you have your members of the team on the tower... You take it, and the tower starts settling, moving towards the opponent's base. And pretty much, uh, what you, you win once it reaches the opponent's base. So the, uh, meanwhile, the opponents, they can knock you off, but all they have to do to take the tower back is, once there are no squids on the tower, so even if you have the tower and it's moving, if you all fall off or are killed and there's nobody on the tower, the tower will start slowly moving back to the center. And then, of course, obviously, if the opposing team takes it, and as long as they have one member on the tower, it'll start moving towards your base. So that's pretty much the goal. Is the, the goal is to take the tower and be able to stay on the tower long enough for it to move all the way into the opponent's base.
0: So that's interesting that this is the first mode where ink is not explicitly part of how you win. Certainly, ink is useful in winning, but in no part of that description did you say, oh, you have to ink this part.
2: And that's the other thing. I don't even think you have to ink the platform. I mean, obviously, I guess you do because if the opponent's ink is on there, then you can't stay there. You get uh, damaged. So do I you, suppose you uh, have wait. to ink
0: the. Do you get damaged, or are you just slowed down?
2: I don't know. I think I always feel when you when you try walking in other people's ink, you you take damage. It's almost like getting kind of poisoned in a way. Okay, but... take a little bit. I no was single player You want to ink the tower, but it, it, it's just a little square. Inking the tower is just, you know, like one shot. Yeah. But, but just because it has your ink on it means nothing if there's not any of your squids on it. Having at least one member physically on the tower is what matters.
0: Yeah. I guess that's important because ink is a projectile, so you could easily have a meaningless tug-of-war back and forth. If anyone could just shoot the tower and make it their ink.
2: Yeah, and instead, what instead by focusing on the bodies again, this is another thing where PDP splatting is much more useful. And like the chargers are at their most powerful in this in in this uh. kind of mode, where you just have a sniper watching the tower at all times and sniping at any opponent any opponent who tries to get anywhere close to it.
0: There is no worse feeling than being on a tower and like trying to squid and hide from an oncoming charger.
2: I I have not been able to find a way that rollers. Roll. It's interesting because rollers are. It, it's like an inverse of turf war. Where in turf war I find rollers are the most useful for covering ground, and all that because they're they're all about covering ground. Not really useful for PVP. Whereas in Splat zones it's midway. But in tower control I found rollers are almost useless. While chargers, which are kind of useless in turf war, are as I said they're pretty they're practically OP in tower control.
0: Right. Is that to say maybe that. Uh the amount of ground inked, then, is least relevant in tower control, and... Right. Yeah. Okay. And I suppose that ties into the whole thing about not explicitly needing to ink anything.
2: Yeah, pretty much what it is. This tower control is the mode that makes the game most feel like more like a traditional first-person shooter as opposed to the other two modes. It's the most competitive, and it's also the most reliant on teamwork of any of the modes, it's I think.
0: so good. So, Waitfot, how reliably can you win tower control? I'm a bit better
4: at it than Zones, but it is still a crapshoot for me. <laughs> I, feel I usually will take a blaster into tower control, because if I'm close enough, that blaster can, for the most part, ignore that pole, which makes taking out people on top really easy.
0: So what is is a blaster that huge, like, gumball shot? Yeah, yeah, it
4: shoots out a ball that travels a bit and then explodes, the explosion-dealing damage, so you don't have to
0: hit someone straight on. Yeah, okay. Shouty... How reliably can you win tower control?
1: Actually, it depends on the stage that I'm playing on for me, because if it's just a stage that I'm really not familiar with in terms of, um, I guess, getting around it more easily, I'm not going to be able to win tower control because I'm not going to know all the secret paths to get to the tower quickly.
0: Hmm. Are there any maps that you feel like have a lot of intricacies?
1: Yeah, like um, Kelp Dome, I can never win tower control on.
0: Kelp Dome. Uh, I really should have looked up this It's the largest maps. one. It's the what?
1: It's the largest square-shaped
0: one.
2: Yeah, Kelp Dome is a huge stage where that's much more better for Turf War, and that's the stage where rollers kind of dominate.
0: I got you. I find in Tower Control, what stresses me out the most, is uh, how much time it spends near safe ground. So, my favorite map for Tower Control is the camp, where half the time the tower is over water and people kind of have to shoot a ways out to the tower so on one hand it's i like it because it's clever you have to figure out how to get back onto the tower and once you are on the tower it's a little more steady and reliable to stay on it because um unlike the mall whereas all of it is over safe ground and at any point you can be overtaken Mm -hmm. so wario fan in tower control if your team is winning what (coughs) benefits do you have I don't know, because the whole deal
3: with the tower is that it's going into enemy territory, so it's, like, dangerous. Yeah, it's you know? naturally putting you into the territory you don't want to be in. Right, so I, I don't know if there is any benefit to being in control other than being on the path to winning, because you're just slowly going towards
0: the enemy spawn point. It's like, holy crap. What am <laughs> <I fucking? laughs> that feels awful if you're losing, by the way, to spawn in and watch... The tower come into your base it's right there (laughs) so mario fan you kind of mentioned that in tower control you have the benefit of winning but it's worth noting that uh winning means your base is closer or the tower is closer to the enemy's base so that if they retake it back they have to travel back to the center so recovering from a losing state means undoing all of the other team's progress
3: Oh, yeah, that is true, isn't it?
0: But it's not that
1: hard, because when uh, the tower is in your base unattended, it'll go back to the middle more quickly. In fact, it'll go back regardless of whether or not you are on the tower. Yeah. It default. unattended. It,
2: it, yeah, if nobody is on the tower, it will, by default, go towards the center.
4: Yeah. Although, it takes a few seconds to do that. If you hop on it and just hop right off, it'll count as being under your control and start moving immediately instead of
0: waiting that time. Yeah. One of my favorite things is when you can chain super jumps, so that you tap on <laughs> someone who's on the tower and you lock onto the tower as it's moving. And they die. And then yeah. they die, and, and you and come in and kind of... yeah. Yeah. That is so, so cool.
1: It's so much fun. It's like leapfrogging. It's
4: really, really not an efficient way of doing things, but it's so much fun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that is a, a little nuance worth noting that your super jumps never lock onto the other player unless they're on the tower.
4: It locks on to the location, because they can jump
0: off the tower, and you'll still land on the tower.
4: Yeah, I guess it's what I mean that the is the location's that, moving.
1: Yeah, the location's yeah, moving. the location yeah. of, of, when, of where they were when you, you, like, you tap on. Like, if you were to jump onto those, those moving
4: forklifts on Fort Mackerel, you'd still land on top of it, even if it's moved to the other end.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a yeah. good point. Okay. Oak, if you're on the losing team, what can you do to regain control?
2: Well, as I said, a lot of that is helped by the fact that uh, it'll immediately revert. The, the, the big thing is that, like I said, it's helped by the fact that um, if the team that's winning, they're already closer to your base. That means when you respawn, if you die and you respawn, you're already closer to the tower. So uh, it's easier to... Uh, you don't have to move as much, worry about squid jumping or doing it or moving as much towards the control. And the other thing is, like I said, all you have to worry about is just aiming and throwing the opponents that'll be on the tower getting there, and then it's easier to... Like I said, it'll automatically be moving, already moving in the direction you want it to while your team is trying to get onto there. Yeah. So, I mean easy to catch. So, like I said, again, that's one of those little features that it's I do not it's not as blatant and it's not as big as the two methods in the Splat Zones, but it's a little, it's a little feature that does help even it out and make it possible to do a comeback. It's a, a small, tiny advantage that the losing team has. But uh, a lot of times, the, the, the only real thing is if they're already closer to your side, that makes spawn camping a lot more likely. So if anything compared to the other teams, I found that in Tower Control, it's a lot harder to catch up once you're already losing, compared to the other two modes.
0: Yeah. It's also worth noting, this isn't a benefit exclusive to the losing team, but if you have more people on the tower, the tower moves more quickly, so if you're losing, you might try to get two or three people on the tower at once.
2: Uh, The only problem with that that is that... Very easy to kill everyone at once when you when you're all bunched in the same tower, you're a big target. So all you have to do is like said, so do a well aimed uh, Inkzuka attack, or or some other kind of big attack, and boom, the whole team's been splatted at once. Now you've got a several second windows where there is no opposing team.
4: Yeah.
0: Sorry, what were you saying? With what? I'm
4: not sure though if it does move faster with more people. I feel like I'm not sure if it does move faster with more. Because I feel like back when they were showing it off on the Nintendo Treehouse, they said that. It always moves. It doesn't always move at the same speed, but with one, having more feel on, it doesn't make a difference. It does move faster if it's going over area it's gone before, so if you get yours up halfway, but it comes back, and you get control again, it'll move faster through that first half. But if it keeps going, it'll go back to the regular speed, I'm pretty sure. Okay.
0: Maybe that's my bad. Not 100%. Okay. And wait, is there a point at which you can tell there's no way you'll win?
4: It not, it's not as cut that hard compared to the others since, of course, the further in they are, the uh, closer they are to your spawn point, so you can easily mob, more easily mob them that way. But um, I'd say if you can't get control back because it has counters like uh, Splat Zones does and if you don't get a knockout, the time ending, whoever got the furthest, not whoever is the farthest, wins. Yeah. So if you just cannot get control back, and they have the, uh, they've gotten further than you overall, you're probably not going to be able to get it within this last, I don't know, twenty seconds. I'd say.
0: Okay. I find that uh, as a rule of thumb, if they get the tower halfway into my enemy or into my territory, there's no way I can win because uh, my team is just so scattered that. There's no way we'd be able to pull together and halt their momentum that they've already worked their way so deep in.
2: Yeah, that's the big thing is that, like I said, this mode, more than any other mode, teamwork is crucial. You have to have an understanding of you need at least one or two people to do this it's it's the one mode where voice chat would be a huge help because teamwork is so important of knowing what you do where like I said coordinating together is vital in this mode compared to the other two and voice chat would be a big help you could actually or you could actually coordinate and tell people okay hey uh, we need at least one of you on the thing because in many cases and i 've heard many complaints and there there will be teams where nobody wants to be the person that actually goes on the power because then they' So they have an issue where a team loses just because nobody's willing to actually
0: get <laughs> up. Yeah, that's been me in a couple matches where I'm on the tower and it's like, where the where is everybody? Yeah. Yeah, I'm left alone on the tower I as well. The
1: game
2: is the number one reason that you lose in, in tower control.
0: It's worth noting that tower control, that especially comes up because the point of interest moves. Whereas in splat zones, you might have a chance to learn what your teammates think because... The zones are going to stay in place. In tower control, you need a moment by moment commentary of like, okay, we can't do this job anymore, so everybody has to find something new to do to prevent this new development. control also addresses balance issues by using overtime, but the tower itself works against slippage. Because the tower gets closer to the enemy base as you win, the losing team has more of a chance to fight back. And finally, we have Battle Dojo. Last but not least, or well maybe actually least, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Battle Dojo. And Wathwack, could you tell me the goal of this mode? This mode, it's 1v1 local,
4: one person playing on gamepad, one on the screen with a pro controller. And every so often, I don't remember if there's a specific timing on it, a bunch of balloons will show up on a certain spot on the map. Pop those, you get a point. And yeah, whoever... I believe the goal is to get to 30 balloons
0: popped and you win. I think it's a timer. Is it? it Yeah. Playing with my roommate, we've never... Gotten up to 30. I've seen, I think the max score I've seen is 25. The lower, I don't remember. I haven't, I haven't played in weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, how reliable were you at winning that mode? I was pretty good at it, mostly because I had played more overall than the people I was playing against. Mm. So, it's actually, uh, you know a lot more about your opponent in this mode, don't you? What do you mean? Well, when you're matched up online, Unless you're matched up with a friend, you don't know anything about, um, you know, dad.
4: Yeah, that's a good point. So if you've been watching your roommate or your friend play, you'll know how they play.
0: Yeah. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, I found that my roommate kind of liked the, um, what was the big, the weapon that shoots big balls? Blaster. Yeah, he likes the blaster. And, uh, I found it easy to use the splatter shot to create a lot of ink, uh, flank around him, and then kill him, which takes away half the other person's points. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh,
4: with Dojo, I prefer uh, the Swiffer, I think it's called, the short-range, quick-charging charger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you need at least, like, three-fourths of a charge to one-shot someone and easy shots on the
0: balloons. Yeah. So, in the middle of the match, if you're winning... What benefits do you have?
4: Overall, not a whole lot. I mean, if you're winning, you've probably been taking out the other person a lot, so you may be able to get your bearings quicker, because don't you respawn in a random spot instead of the
0: actual spawn points if you die? I think there is a static spawn point. Is there? I feel like it's random. Hmm. Yeah, I would have to go back and check.
1: hmm But, uh... The from, from footage so, I saw, isn't this spawn points? next to where the balloons are going to spawn? I don't
4: think so. You're playing on the basic map, the same maps as the whole game.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. But you're
4: basically playing within the central area, the bits closer to spawn don't really matter a lot of the time. Like on a, I want a mall, I would like never go past that box area that's down the ramp from the beginning. I wouldn't, don't even think I'd go into that when playing. Again, it's been weeks, so I could be wrong.
0: <laughs> There's also, just like every other mode, you have, if you're winning, you have your ink down, so it's going to be harder for the enemy to travel.
4: True, but the balloons spawning in different areas each time means you could have to go to an area the other person
0: had gotten the balloons at before, covered in their ink. I see. So you're not necessarily guaranteed that terrain advantage. <sighs> mm-hmm. And if you're losing, what can you do to regain control?
4: Take out the other person. Like you said, losing, or getting KO'd, killed, makes you lose half your points, so just focus on taking them out, and while they're respawning, take out the balloons.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, that uh, if you're the winning player, all you can do to get further ahead is to kill more balloons, but if you're the losing player, you can pretty easily chop their score down, so Mm -hmm. they have more to lose than they have to gain in that situation, Uh, is there a point at which you can tell there's no way you'll win? I still feel like it's
4: a goal, so I'm gonna go with that for this explanation. Is, you know, they're just a few off from the goal, they've just killed you, and the balloons are right there with them, you're not gonna get there in time.
0: Yeah, part of that, what makes the end of the match so malleable, is that I think it's the last 30 seconds the points go up from 1 to 2. So if you kill six balloons, you get 12 points right there. It's fairly easy to stage a comeback, and it keeps matches lively. Mm. Anything else on Battle Dojo?
4: I hope it's going to be in that uh, private lobby coming up. That'd be sweet.
0: Oh, right. That's the uh, August update. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. In Battle Dojo, the color of the ground takes lowest priority out of all of the multiplayer modes. You'll never know where the balloons will show up, so you can't plan effective ink placement. Instead, direct interplay is the most useful in Battle Dojo out of all multiplayer modes. If you can splat your opponent, you've taken away some of their score. In fact, Battle Dojo is the only mode where splatting someone has a direct impact on score. So, Oak, most important question of all: Who would you cast in a Splatoon cartoon series? Who would I cast?
3: I'm yeah, not sure. really. <laughs>
0: I, don't, I, don't know about I don't know much about
2: like um. I like I said I suppose uh, it depends if we're talking. Are we talking like an anime or like a Western animated series? Because I'm not sure. uh I could see it being completely different tones depending on uh. <laughs> <what my laughs>
0: I don't know if I'd want to see a Splatoon anime. <laughs> yeah, they, let's say it's Western.
2: Western. Okay, well, uh, Western animated. I mean, obviously, you'd probably have a lot of the uh, the typical people. You'd probably have like you'd probably end up with like Terra Strong or something as like the as like the main Inkling girl or something. Okay. But I'm
1: trying oh to think. Probably, what? I'm I said, sure. oh boy.
2: <laughs> I'm not really sure how a, a a Splatoon cartoon would really work, though. I don't know if I mean it does have story, but uh, considering the main uh, multiplayer, as uh, I'm not really sure uh, a series of it would actually be that interesting. I don't know if there's enough to really go on for a like an animated series
0: or a movie or something. Yeah, that's true. Wait, what? Who would you cast in a Splatoon cartoon series?
4: I, th- I think I'd want
0: Dwayne the Rock Johnson to play DJ Octavio. Oh man, I was gonna <laughs> ask. <laughs> not about the wa- rock I was going to ask about Octavio <laughs> that, I think it'd be perfect that'd be pretty cool yeah uh, Wario fan who would you cast in a Splatoon cartoon series
3: well obviously we'd have to get it animated
0: for Bruce Tim uh yes obviously yes, obviously <laughs> who would think otherwise
3: I <laughs> know you want to put it to to Disney or Studio Ghibli? No, you give it to Bruce Timm.
1: Uh,
0: I only really know two animators, and they are... You don't want to uh, give it to Man
1: of Action? They're making a Mega Man cartoon.
0: Oh, that's right. We'll give it to Ruby Spears. Oh, Ruby Spears. Uh,
3: <laughs> and then we'll have Kevin Conroy play all characters. <laughs> uh. And and as for whether or not you know we can extend it to a full-length animated series, I mean, we got a whole... Kirby and F Zero series, so you know, oh
1: god,
3: those have more story
0: than Splatoon.
3: I know, but Kirby, like, oh, oh, well, I, I, every episode is
0: like in 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 Cappy Town. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's where's Cappy Town
1: in the Kirby games?
0: <laughs> Wait, so what you're saying is that we have another cartoon series as awful as that one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do just, it. Like,
3: uh, I don't know. Uh, A little baby skid person who only goes poil
1: or something. (laughs) Oh, that'd be the annoying character. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah, wait a minute. (laughs)
0: So, Shoddy. You know, just like they
3: had an (laughs) F-Zero.
0: Yeah. look Wheeler. Shoddy, I I need to ask you who would you cast in a Splatoon cartoon series? Ugh. Ugh. Mm. Um, I want Emmett Brown. Wait, is that
1: his name?
3: That's Doc Brown.
1: Yeah. Wait. Christopher no. Lloyd.
0: Christopher <laughs> Lloyd. Is yeah,
1: Christopher back. Lloyd. And who would he? Oh, Christopher Lloyd as um, a cat cuttlefish.
0: Oh Lloyd. yeah. Okay.
1: There. That's my input.
3: I Thank I want his idea now. I'm stealing it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're stuck with making Kirby with squids. <laughs>
0: Squid Kirby. Uh. Inky, Inky, Inky. He's the name you should know. Yeah, well. uh, it's so Inky. <laughs> so, before, uh, before the finale, uh, has anyone ever used the Wii U's video calls?
1: <clears throat> Nobody? I, I tried and it didn't work.
0: <laughs> you tried and it didn't work?
2: I, realized they actually still... I didn't realize they actually had that. I thought that was just like a like a toss mechanic or something, because I kind of forgot they even existed <laughs> until I watched that one. <laughs> until I watched that one uh, E3 video again, where the, well, I watched I rewatched all the E3s and there was they talked about it in the first announcement of Splatoon in the E3 2014. I'm sorry, it was the E3 2013 when they first talked about the Wii U and they used the video chat thing when talking about Zombie U. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: mean, I had used it once back like. Right after I'd gotten my
0: Wii U and a friend had gotten one too, did it work? But never since. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that speaks for itself. Um.
3: Uh, I used it once, but only, but not, not <coughs> on the consumer machine. I used it. I went to a Wii U event uh, in twenty thirteen, <coughs> and they were they had a video chat booth, and, and me and Fox did it and drew on each other, and it was fun. Okay, but but I haven't actually used it on on my console. All
1: right. Well. Yeah, we we use video chat is very much like a photo booth.
3: I'll, a photo booth is, doesn't record you as a video. It's not. It's a photo booth, not a video booth. It's video, yeah,
1: but again, with photo booths, you can put stickers on on the on the photos and if customize you want a, it.
3: A photo booth gets sparkle snapshots.
0: I don't want sparkle snapshots. Oh, I don't no. want to buy a photo booth. Uh, before this gets out of hand, Mario fan, any final words? Any final words?
3: Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's let's do a rainmaker. Then.
0: I think. Uh, yeah. If if we can get enough people for a fourth Splatoon podcast, that would be beautiful and wonderful. I'd be up for it. Nice. Uh, Oak, any final words?
2: Any final words? Uh, I would just have to say, <laughs> you know, stay fresh. <laughs> <laughs> I always oh, think yeah, they say no, surprise. No, except- Forward to playing in the next Splatfest. I, I'm actually wondering, wondering, uh, what team are you guys all on for the uh, Splatfest? What are the teams? Oh, uh, the uh, it's marshmallows versus hot dogs. Oh, hot dog. Yeah, yeah. marshmallow
0: and
3: TV
0: please.
1: Ew, marshmallows.
0: Nah, no, definitely marshmallow. It's too bad. No, hot you? dogs are. Hot dogs are at least more like food than marshmallows. Marshmallow <laughs> is pure sugar. I don't know why. How you could not choose that? To be
2: fair, I think the <laughs> Because it's pure it's sugar. <laughs> the way they announced it, their specific theme is which would you rather roast over campfire, which is why most people are, going, more people are going marshmallows. But still, overall, I have to side with hot dogs.
1: But you don't mo- roast marshmallows. You roast marshmallows for s'mores, but they don't show it being made into a s'more like the hot dog is being put in a bun with ketchup I, I and muscle. makes still. no sense.
4: You can totally eat marshmallows roasted.
2: They're still good that way. You don't have to smore them. No, I would eat camp at the time and people would just... They would just... They would marshmallows or they would just, like, roast it and then burn it and they would eat it when it's all burnt and charred on the outside and yeah. then it's all gooey on the inside. That's the best
0: way to have them. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm gonna go roast some marshmallows right
3: now. We, we need Xanrio's input for her Splatfest.
0: Oh yeah,
2: North Pole versus
3: oh, yeah, South. North Pole South Pole. Oh <laughs> yeah, North Pole
0: South Pole. Northern Water Tribe versus Southern yeah. Water Tribe. <laughs> oh. Shouty, any final words?
1: Yeah.
0: I prefer the South Pole over the North Pole. Uh, you would you would say the South Pole is below the North Pole for you. No. <laughs> uh all right, thank you. And Waythwat, any final words? Nah, not really. Alright, those count. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for joining me. This has been an insightful podcast. Music in this podcast was taken from Splatoon. I'll leave you with this final thought. In Splatoon, ink is a system of indirect interplay. That is to say, you and your enemy can fight over the color of the ground. In this case, you aren't fighting with each other directly, but instead with the ground in between. In some of these multiplayer modes, you fight even more indirectly. For example, in splat zones, you fight over time, and in Tower Control, you fight over where the tower is placed. How does Splatoon layer its systems, combining ink and towers, or ink and time? When you fight over tower placement, how does it keep ink relevant to gameplay? And even as the goal of a match grows more and more abstract, splatting your opponent is always useful. If you have any comments or questions, please email vgcommune at gmail.com.
3: I have sort of an alternative way that I can tell that I'm not going to win at all. And that's if a player is disconnected before the map starts. Oh, you know what?
0: I'm sorry, continue.
3: (laughs) No, I mean, I can tell that when a a match is loaded and my team appears and there's three people and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. There's no way we can do this. Yeah. I've I've never been able to win on a team
0: like that. I wanted to ask, uh, when someone disconnects... Are you just out a member for that entire match? Yep. Oh, I, I, uh, screwed over a lot of people then. <laughs> I feel kind of bad. Oh.
3: <laughs> I don't know if I've seen it happen where it's in the middle of a match. I, I don't think I'm paying attention by that point, but.
0: I have it, definitely had like, alright, oh, 10 seconds left, I'm gonna win this, and then I disconnect and now my rank is down.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's just
4: Lots of disconnects in the match. Yes. I, I had one earlier where everyone but me on my team
0: disconnected, and two players <laughs> disconnected. <That> <laughs> I did. I did have a splat zone match like that where it was just me and one other guy, <laughs> I, me and, and the one guy on the other team. It was just wow. Weird.
3: It, I think it's weird because when the match starts, shows you know three or two or however many. And then when it ends, it shows all four of you like, yeah. oh wait, where did this guy come from all
0: of a sudden? Yeah, the, it, it seems like they should be able to call off the match if it hasn't begun yet.
3: There was a post round Tumblr where it was a four versus one
2: match. That happened a lot in the Splatfest, and I actually, I actually was in one of those. In Splatfest, that's more of the difficulty of grouping people in teams. Oh, <laughs> and Because obviously more people voted for one team than the other. You end up with uh sometimes they can't find enough people on the team. So I it was, in the last flatbed, I actually had a match where it was just me against four people. <laughs> <laughs>
1: did, did you beat them? <laughs> no, I did not. They crushed.
0: Me. So were you were you roller coaster or water slime?
2: I was roller coaster. Apparently mm-hmm. it happened a lot as well with um Cat vs. Dog. Well apparently Team Cat had a few of those as well, where a team you'd have a match from or dogs against only yeah, three yeah. cat, or one cat. But then, if it's also, and then of it course, happens. also, you have it when it's really bad. You get to the point where they can't even find any people on the other team, so they just have people of the same team fighting against each other.
3: That sounds a little fair, at least.
2: Yeah, I. Yeah, that's at least more fair than like if, than just putting up four four dogs against one. actor, say the four versus one happened to me in Cats versus Dogs. I was on cat. And I'm pretty sure
4: beforehand we had gotten a full team of cats. who we went in, it was just me, and <laughs> the rest of my team wasn't listed like a normal disconnect game. It was just me on my
0: team, so I'm not entirely sure what happened. Yeah. To that. they must have switched. Yeah, like, so that happened.
2: Team. That's exactly what happened to me when I was on a roller coaster. <laughs> well,
0: that's unfortunate.
3: I don't even know how that's determined as winning because it's like oh god the tower is here we lost
1: well <laughs> yeah it's like in team fortress 2 there's this similar mode you have to push a minecart with a bomb in it
0: oh I, I think it's the trojan horse idea
1: no yeah I mean I
4: always figured in universe it's a sporting event so that's just the goal you get that there and you win like American gladiators.
1: I guess. Yeah. It's I believe the Wait, canon No in the American <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, please.
2: I believe I believe the canon explanation for it is I believe they said is that it's like an after school activity, kind of like the um it's kind of like uh skateboarding is how they, uh, they try it. It's it's an after it's like an after school kind of hobby. Uh, at recreational activity that all the kids are doing, like after school and all that. So, I mean, obviously, this isn't kind of a. Prof- I mean, it may exist professionally, but it doesn't seem like. If it is professionally, it's not as, like, official here other than Splatfest. But it does. That's how it's been described. And it's very. I mean, you can tell from the whole tone of the game. It's very 90s ish and skateboarding for some reason and also the general kind of uh, 90s kind of punk culture is what kind of takes into play here.
0: So we should have. Uh, less than Jake
1: playing. I don't know if I'd call him. But 90s. No, but I don't know if I'd call it 90s. It's more Japanese punk culture than 90s punk culture, and in a professional in-universe setting, it'd be taking place in wars against the Octarians, not as a
0: sporting event. Well, so that's how you raise your children to go to war. So the wars, uh, oh, that's they, a good thing.
2: The war thing, it kind of the the whole war and the single player thing, is is kind of almost a separate thing because in order to even go to that campaign, go to that part of the game, you have to go kind of under the city, and it's kind of like it's off. It's it's often this dusty corner, and right at the, like when you first play the game, they'd say, "Oh, don't mind him. That has nothing to do with this." <laughs> and it's kind of it's oh. the whole war. Of the Octarian seems to be kind of a behind the scenes thing that's separate and has nothing to do with the actual activity of the recreationals recreational activity, whereas well, the actual... I think the actual wars were... The wars were in the past. It's, yeah.
1: the, the Inklings won, which is why they're, they got the big but this, fancy But they were still somewhere. treated as splatfests. I mean, splat, they were still treated as turf wars.
4: Yeah, the turf
2: wars that the Inklings play with each other are...
1: They're like war like, games. Be, yeah, reminiscent of It's like paint-
2: of well, I guess paintball maybe would be the best explanation then. It's like paintball, yeah. which is... Yeah. Paint- Very military as well. Paintball Mm is like a war game.
4: Like half paintball, half war (laughs) reenactments.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah.